the re-emerging trend of smoking your booze. An angry neighbor purchased a building shaker to get back at his neighbors. And spy software found that a worker wasn't working as much as she said, and now she must repay her employer some wages. These are the weird stories for Thursday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian inside a quiet closet. It's quiet today. There is a re-emerging trend of smoking your alcohol, and there are concerns surrounding this method of imbibing. I've never heard of smoking your alcohol. Let's learn something. Let's learn another way to party, guys. Just kidding. It sounds irresponsible, to be honest. A new form of alcohol consumption, referred to as smoking alcohol, originally emerged in 2004. And it all came about because of the invention of a machine called the AWOL. A-W-O-L. Alcohol without liquid. It allows individuals to vaporize their alcohol. So technically, you're not smoking your alcohol. You're vaping it. It says here, however, after safety and health concerns were identified, the sale and use of these AWOL machines were banned in many states. Today, with the emergence of new homemade methods, smoking, quote, smoking alcohol is once again on the rise. I still say that you should be calling this vaping alcohol, okay, for health reasons. Now, of course, many healthcare experts are very concerned with this new rise in a questionable practice that has potentially dangerous consequences, according to them. Now, how do you smoke your alcohol? Well, one method is that an individual pours alcohol over dry ice and inhales it directly or with a straw. Another method is to make a vaporizing kit using a bicycle pump where the alcohol is poured into a bottle, corked, and then the needle of the bicycle pump, it poked Through the top, air is pumped into the bottle and the user inhales the vaporized alcohol. Now, I had to look for a video of this on YouTube and I found one, a great one. It's a real classic of vaping your alcohol. There's a guy on there that I want to say he vapes like 10 beverages. He starts with just a beer, then it's a four loco, then it's champagne, boxed wine, uh, a vodka soda. I think he makes a Jaeger bomb. He just goes on and on with various beverages. It's pretty out of control. It's kind of cool to watch, though, because I've never seen this before. And this guy gets extremely drunk. Um, of course, he keeps telling everybody, he's a professional, don't try this at home. Now, it would seem to me that there are dangers to this because this guy's inhaling the vapor so quickly that it's kind of like shotgunning your drinks again and again. It's just going in him so quickly. You can imagine the concerns from clinicians and healthcare professionals. Um, Professionals are seeing evidence that this practice, though, is not only gaining popularity among teens and college students these days, but among individuals who want to lose weight and do not want the calories associated with drinking. Yeah, I'd imagine if you're vaping your beers, you're not going to take those calories. Uh, With its growing popularity, many doctors and parents are worried as well about the specific dangers such as overdosing and negative health consequences. Clearly, overdosing is a possibility. From a scientific standpoint, it says here, when an individual inhales alcohol instead of drinking it, it actually bypasses the stomach and the liver, going straight to the brain, into the bloodstream, leading an individual to feel the effects almost immediately. This would be very good for people who have a sick liver and you're not supposed to drink. (laughs) I'm not drinking, I'm smoking. (laughs) my booze. It says here, because of this process, though, the risks are much higher when you inhale your alcohol. 
those who inhale it are at a much greater risk for alcohol poisoning, they're saying, especially since the body has no way to expel the ethanol because it has bypassed the stomach and liver. In a typical course of drinking, as an individual becomes more intoxicated, they will, they will eventually vomit, which is the body's natural way of preventing an overdose. So with this method, your body can't uh, naturally prevent an overdose. It won't make you vomit. You're bypassing all those organs that put it in check. You know, those are like referees in your body. You know, the liver's like an alcohol referee. It's like, all right, time out, time out, time to get this out of here. This is too much. Induced vomiting. Stomach, are you there? Yeah, induced vomiting. And then it saves your life in many instances, I guess. Now, medical professionals are also concerned that in this way that it's much more difficult to determine how much alcohol one has ingested if it is inhaled. If alcohol is poured into a bottle and vaporized, an individual will not know if they have consumed the whole cup or only a few sips since the liquid stays in the bottle. Additionally, it is thought that the inhaling vaporized liquor into one's lungs can be uh, potentially irritating and may actually lead to something called bronchospasm. Bronchospasm? I thought that was a dinosaur. A bronchospasm you can get and uh, drying of your respiratory tract. That sounds horrible. And drying of your nasal passages. Oh, we don't want that. All of these effects can potentially lead to more serious health complications such as pneumonia. Pneumonia. I mean pneumonia. For some reason, they spell it with a P. I never understood that. I think the person that invented the word pneumonia was inhaling alcohol. So clearly there are many, many dangers to inhaling your alcohol. Uh, The possibility of ODing on your alcohol, very much in play. Not to mention the other side effects, which is why I recommend keg stands, guys. Just keep it simple. Keg stands, all right? (laughs) That way you flail your arms and let everybody know they should put you down. An angry neighbor built a building shaker to annoy his neighbors, fed up with the constant noise made by his upstairs neighbors. One man in China got revenge by giving them a taste of their own noisy medicine. He bought a device known as a building shaker online, and he left it on for the entire weekend. I don't even know you could buy a building shaker. What the hell's a building shaker? I'm looking at a photo of it. Looks like a very small generator. (laughs) You put it on the ceiling and it shakes the whole building. (laughs) This guy was really pissed. A resident of Xi'an, China's Shangxi province, I think I pronounced that correctly. If not, oh well, who cares? The man, known only by his surname, Zhao, I think I pronounced that correctly. If not, who cares? Uh, This man complained that his upstairs neighbor's son was making way too much noise, jumping all around. This robbed him of a much-needed rest and relaxation. First, he tried to reason with the family, politely asking them to please keep the noise down at certain hours. He's trying to sleep after all. Unfortunately, this man's requests fell on some deaf ears, and the constant banging and jumping around upstairs continued. After his diplomatic approach failed, Zhao decided that, you know, it's time for some serious payback. He went online. He paid 400 yuan for a device known as a building shaker. Yes, you can actually buy a thing legally in China called a building shaker. A simple search on online retail giant Taobao reveals dozens of different models of building shakers, brands priced as low as 76 yuan. These building shakers are designed to produce very strong vibrations. 
with the stronger versions claiming to reproduce the same effect as someone drilling into the floor. <laughs> wow, these things are serious. When you use a building shaker in your apartment, your neighbors have to shout to hear each other over the loud noise. Sleeping is out of the question. And of course, the constant vibration is very annoying as well. Most of these building shaker models even come with timers or you can connect your smartphones to them so you can turn them on while you're away. And you're definitely going to want to be away <laughs> when you turn them on. <laughs> That's, those are for the neighbors only. It says here, this is exactly what Mr. Zhao did. He turned on his building shaker at 8 p.m. on Friday, just before leaving his apartment for the whole weekend. For two straight days, his noisy upstairs neighbors had to put up with these drill-like sounds and vibrations caused by the motorized device, and they were powerless to stop it. Apparently, they tried calling the property managers and the police to complain about the situation, but since the owner of the apartment where the noise was coming from was not at home, all they could do was wait until he got home. Now, when Zhao returned back to his apartment on Sunday, the police were waiting for him. They asked him if he could turn off the infernal building shaker, but it's unclear if he was fined for his revenge scheme. I'm sure he was, and I'm sure he doesn't give a damn. <laughs> he was going for revenge, and he definitely got it. You're probably wondering, where did he get the idea to buy a building shaker to annoy his neighbors? Well, believe it or not, building shakers online are marketed as the perfect way of getting back at noisy neighbors and making their life a living hell. Apparently, they are designed to keep the noise in the user's apartment to the level of an air conditioning unit as well. So that if it's in your unit, it's not so bad, but upstairs, it's wreaking havoc. This is a wild way to get revenge on your noisy neighbors. I've heard of the playing baby shark on a loop method, which is also very effective because that song will drive you absolutely insane. But the building shaker, man, this takes it up to a whole new level. I wonder if you can get these in the States. These would be fun. You could do some fun things with the building shaker. <laughs> I don't know what you would do <laughs> legally. I don't even know if you can do this. But I mean, this guy got away with it, so... Yeah, maybe it's an it's an option. Put it on your option list, guys. When you got annoying neighbors, I don't know if you guys live in apartments. I've lived in apartments like pretty much my whole damn life, and so and especially in New York City, when you're really on top of each other, noisy neighbors can really ruin your life. The building shaker, that's an option. I'm curious to know whether they sell these in very large size units that can shake your whole neighborhood, because. I get very annoyed with the leaf blowers in my neighborhood. My neighbors use these leaf blowers, gas-powered. They're so loud. And sometimes they prevent me from recording the podcast in this closet, I have to admit. They are too loud outside my window. And I would like to just shake the whole neighborhood, let them know that I'm displeased with the noise that they're putting out there. Although I imagine people would think that there's an earthquake. I'm kind of okay with it, though. Yay! Spy software caught a worker not working as much as she said she was, and now she must repay her wages. A Canadian accountant has been ordered to repay her employer for, quote, time theft after the company's tracking software, also known as spy software, determined she was performing personal tasks while she claimed to be working on the clock. The court ruling marks one of the first instances in which such technology has been used to order a worker to repay an employer for slacking off on the job. The worker's name is Carly Bessie. She's an employee of Vancouver Island accounting firm Reach CPA. Initially, she claimed that she was wrongfully dismissed by her employer and that she was actually owed $5,000 in unpaid wages and severance pay. 
Her employer said it terminated her because she engaged in time theft, and they filed a countersuit seeking just over $2,600 in wages it paid her while she allegedly wasn't working as part of an advance she received before her employment began. The court decision comes as more companies install tracking software on workers' computers to detect certain things like keystrokes and clicks to ensure that they focus on work-related tasks while doing their jobs remotely. Some critics say this kind of surveillance amounts to spying and infringes on employees' basic rights. Hmm, fascinating. And we have in October, the National Labor Relations Board expressed concerns over employers' growing electronic surveillance of workers and the potential to intrude on their privacy rights. Uh, the general counsel, Jennifer Abruzzo, uh, said, quote, her intention was to protect employees to the greatest extent possible from intrusive or abusive electronic monitoring and automated management practices that would have a tendency to interfere with Section 7 rights. Uh, Section 7 protects workers' ability to keep certain activity confidential from their employer, it says here. Uh, this particular employee, Bessie, uh, was found to be behind schedule at her job. The company also noticed a discrepancy between the time-tracking software's record of her activity and how she manually recorded her work time. The firm said Bessie had logged nearly 51 hours on her timesheets during which she did not engage in any work-related tasks whatsoever based on their tracking software's log. Looks like they also have some evidence in the form of screen capture videos that rec were recorded by the software that proved that she engaged in this alleged time theft. The videos show which documents a user opens and for how long they interact with them while the software distinguishes between work and non-work activities such as streaming video. It also classified such activities as quote personal versus quote work activity. Now this lady Bessie claimed that she had actually printed some documents the, and she was working off the hard copies but she never communicated this to her employer who says that her printing activity was actually limited and that she could not have printed the large volume of documents required to do those particular tasks anyways. The court dismissed her claim and ordered her to repay her employer about $1,500 based on her salary. Now this brings up, of course, ethical questions. Is it okay to be spying? And it's not really spying, but I guess monitoring uh, your remote employees. Well, I don't know what else you do if you're going to allow them to work remotely. There's everyone. Everyone wants to work remotely, right? It's a huge perk to your life. Um, but there has to be a caveat to that. And I guess that is we have software that's going to sort of monitor your work. I, I mean, it makes sense to me to have such things. I don't on the first on first hearing of such technologies. It doesn't seem to me to be abusive or infringing on someone's privacy so much. But I don't know. I mean, I could be convinced otherwise. I'd love to hear from listeners on this. What do you guys, how do you guys feel about this? I'm sure a lot of you are working from home. You're probably listening to my podcast while you're working from home, which could result in your termination. But it's really worth it. I mean, this podcast is amazing. Why wouldn't you listen to this while you're on the clock? I say do it. <laughs> In all seriousness, seriousness, though, I'd like to hear from you. 646-450-2012.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yay! Hi, everyone. This is Jonesy, the host of Weird AF News. I want to thank you for listening to this episode, for playing with me today. That's nice of you. There's a bazillion podcasts in the galaxy, but you spent a little time with mine, and I'm grateful. Uh, Shout-outs to everyone who's been emailing me over the last few days, sending me great articles to cover weird stuff that you find on the interwebs. Appreciate that. Uh, I have to mention the, the passing of a musical artist that I've always loved uh, pretty much my whole life and that is david crosby who passed away today at the age of 81 always been a big fan of crosby stills nash crosby stills nash and young as well love 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 their music some of the greatest musicians with just upper level harmonies those guys they just man their music is beautiful so david crosby a big loss i think um so you know what you should do you should listen to the album deja vu today and um as a way to have some David Crosby in your life. It's a great, I love every track on there. I absolutely am bananas about. Um, I don't think I've ever shared the story where I met Stephen Stills on this podcast, but I did, I did. I'm not trying to throw around my resume, but yeah, you know. Once in a while you rub elbows with such people when you do what I do, you know, recording stuff in a closet. Yeah, you know, hey, guys, you know, just, uh, I'm pretty famous. <laughs> yes, you know. Oh, yeah, Stephen Stills I met. I've also met Bruce Springsteen. I don't think I ever told you that story as well. Those two guys, those are like the only instances I think that I was kind of starstruck. And I've met a lot of known actors and comedians, obviously. Um, I met Paul Reiser a couple of weeks ago from Mad About You, and he's in another show right now. But um, it doesn't really blow me away. Meeting Bruce Springsteen is just like, God, you know? So anyways, just wanted to... Put it out there with the David Crosby. Put them in your thoughts. You know, listen to some Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Nash music. It's such lovely stuff, man. Really great. Um, I got some phone calls, so I'm going to publish them after this. Shout out to Lily and James for calling. And uh, tomorrow's Friday, as you know. It's Florida Friday, so send me those Florida stories from the week. You can get them to me via email, funnyjones at gmail.com. You could submit them through my website, weirdafnews.com as well. Uh, you can drop them into my Instagram DMs at Funny Jones. So get those over tomorrow. We'll just be doing weird news from Florida. If you don't know, this is your, maybe your first time listening. That's what we do on Fridays here. And if you want to support the show, consider joining the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash weirdafnews or go to the official website weirdafnews.com and click on the Patreon banner. It's a great way to support the show. Show your love. Show your love. Hi, my name is Ryan, and I'm from the crap state of Texas, Um, and I wanted to address a couple things about the last episode I listened to. Uh, I should start by saying that I identify as uh, non-binary transgender, so this uh, uh, informs my point of view. First of all, the story about the the trans teacher who wore the ridiculously sized prosthetic breasts to class. Now, if the teacher had worn, like, natural uh, breastplate, 
um, just to uh, feel more connected to their feminine or her feminine identity. Uh, I would have been angry with how the school and people reacted, but by purposefully wearing the oversized breasts, I think that was disrespectful, and uh, and that she was attention seeking when she should have been more focused on teaching her damn students. That's my point of view on that. Um, and I also wanted to explain to you, you were talking about how Virginia was going to allow pregnant people to use the HOV lane. And you questioned why they said pregnant people instead of pregnant women. The reason why that is, is because uh, not only women get pregnant, trans men, many trans men carry their own children. And in fact, the Guinness Book of World Records has a trans man named Thomas Beatty who has carried two or three of his own kids because his wife is infertile. Um, and he is in the Guinness Book of World Records as the world's first pregnant man. So when there's a subject about pregnancy in general, many sources like to say pregnant people to be inclusive of non-binary and trans and the trans male individuals who do carry children. Now, if you are a woman and you're being seen by an obstetrician, there will they will call you a pregnant woman. They're not going to go, you're a pregnant person. They will call you a pregnant woman. But if you ask the obstetrician, you know, what kind of patients they see, they would say, oh, well, I treat pregnant people because they may have treated trans men who are pregnant. That's all I wanted to say about that. I love your show. I love the weird stories you tell. And you are hilarious, and I want you to keep it up. And you inspire me to start my own podcast. So uh, thanks for listening, and take care. Jonesy! Hey, Jonesy, it's Lily. Hello, fellow weirdos. I love listening to all of the phone calls that Jonesy published on the last episode. Um, I had to go back and listen again today because I was listening to it last night while I was, you know, doing stuff around the house, and then I laid down and I fell asleep. Like, Jonesy, man, let me tell you, you make me feel so relaxed and so happy that you are now, like, on my dangerous list of podcasts that I cannot listen to while I'm laying down because I will fall asleep. Like, your voice is so soothing and lovely. You make me feel so safe and cozy. And, like, there's not many... There's not many podcasts on the list that I cannot listen to while I'm laying down, but now you're on that list. So I can only listen to you while I'm up doing stuff. Um, like right now, I'm baking some muffins for my spoiled kids because I love them, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I thought I would, you know, throw in my uh, funeral story of a fun, really fun funeral. So my my uncle, my mom's older brother died a few years back. And his celebration of life was delayed because of the pandemic. So when we did finally do it, like, they had time to plan it and really do it right. And I would say that it felt a lot more like a wedding reception type of party. Like, the decorations and everything was just so on point and just, like, so perfectly him. And everything was just so lovely. And, like, we, we, did, a, we did this really amazing toast where they had my uncle's favorite brand of Polish vodka and his favorite brand of blackberry brandy, and then Christian Brothers brandy, which she always drank. Um, there's the three, like, mi- most Midwestern drinks right there, brandy, brandy, Polish blackberry brandy, and a Polish vodka. And so you got to choose your choose your um, 
your shot from that, and we did this lovely toast to my uncle, and it was beautiful, and all the tables and everything were decorated with, you know, his effects and things from his house and trophies and ribbons from all of his competitions and stuff he had won over the years. So it was really, really fantastic. So that's a cool funeral story. And I would say anybody, you know, when you're planning your own celebration of life, make it feel like a party. That's just all about you and everything that you love. So good luck with your life, man.